Hi, this is Jonathan Tiersten from The Perfect House and Sleepaway Camp, and you are listening to The Real Nerds Podcast. Hey, Real Nerds listeners, your favorite host Ryan here to remind you that social media is great. How great is it? There's many ways you can find The Real Nerds on social media. You can download us on iTunes. You can listen to us streaming on Stitcher Radio. You can call us 720-6NERDS5. Oh man, our website is so cool. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You want to leave some fan mail? Oh, that's so easy, realnerds at gmail.com. Twitter, we got it, at real underscore nerds. You can even like us on Facebook. Thank you so much, and hey, enjoy the show. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of Jean-Claude Van Damme's Damn Van. But by the time you hear this, it's too late. Yeah. It's, it's already <laughs> over, guys. It's already over. Man. He was he, awesome. It was I, a great time. Actually, it was a great time. It was. It was. It's an experience you'll never experience ever. Oh. Like, you missed it. It's... <laughs> well, at Comic-Con this year, we should have it playing behind us, right? This. Are we doing a Real Nerds panel? Because I just submitted... Van Dam to screen as it's no. Own I mean, thing, we can do that too. No, I mean, like at our booth, we can have it behind us. We can do that oh, if you want. Are we getting a booth? I mean, I don't really want to. Is D Street Media going to allow us to have a booth? <laughs> oh snap! The gauntlet has been thrown. Uh, I don't think nope. they're in charge of that. Uh, who knows? I don't think they're in charge of the booths. I think they're, 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 hey, the they're in charge there of media genuinely, passes. There's genuinely like a a threat. I mean, because if you think about it, like if you were DCC and you were outstripped for space. A day might come when you go like, "Hey, man, those f- like five or six booze that we give away for free to the podcast people, like maybe we should give those to artists." Yeah, right. But dude, they put us in the corner. Like, no, it's true. There's no. We were literally next to the bathroom the first year, which yeah. was pretty dope. I mean, it's fine. Hey, I'll go wherever. Yeah, I don't care. I mean, if we get the media pass and we don't get a booth, we can just bring that little handheld. Oh yeah, no, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I'm not genuine. I'm not genuinely worried. I'm just no. Well, you know what's funny, they Brad? They do what they want. Is, I like the con. Yeah, me too. When I was reading that letter, I'm pretty sure he sent the same letter last year. I think it's exactly the same oh, yeah? one. Except oh. he changed the links for the uh, <clears throat> the yeah. badges. It'll be good. Whatever. We'll be fine. Yeah. And this year, I think I'm going to have George's Draw Me a Mysterio. Ooh, that's a good idea. Yep. Oh, you just think he's going to do it, huh? Uh, I'll ask him. And uh, Wait, I'll say this about George's Jaunty. Um, you should really listen to this interview we did with him last year. Um, <laughs> what was that dead air about? <laughs> um, didn't he? You already got him to draw you a chameleon, didn't you? No, no, I think he did. I mean, it was the chameleon dressed up as Gwen Stacy, but it was still yes. The chameleon, right? But here's the cool thing about Georges is every year I've commissioned him, willing to pay him money, and hey, reasonably fifty dollars to give him to make a sketch Five. of a. Ahead, they are always. I, I think it's 125 if you want him to do a whole body. Yeah, which is ridiculously cheap, uh, especially when you go around. And I think Ben Temple Smith was like 500 bucks. Which well, his his are ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, you know. I mean, I'll be fair. Uh, he goes, he tr- does them with like quills and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and his get painted and like. Yeah, yeah. his his are different. But anyways, uh, so the first year he thought his Gwen Stacy, which is wonderful, was horrible, so he just gave it to me. And then last year. He came over to 
and he says, here's your green goblin. He's like, oh, man, awesome. So I'm reaching in to pay money. He's like, hey, I don't want money. I just want one of those awesome Real Nerds Blu-ray DVDs. Hell yeah. Combo pack. And so I gave him that. I don't think, I think I got the better deal, but hey, <laughs> maybe we'll find out this year. I'm going to ask if he, he put watched it. In. it. Yeah, he put it in. He's like, oh man, I got burned. Now we, should, we, we should really put up that interview because it's really funny at the beginning because he's talking about being in episode six and he was wearing the same shirt in episode six as he was wearing in the interview we did this I, last I, year. I think he just wears that like Armani shirt or whatever it is every year. Yeah, it must be his like it's Sunday like shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because some people do that. You know, you have a special like uniform and it's a Sunday shirt or yeah. something, which is cool. But anyways, <laughs> every week we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. This week we went and saw Kingsman, The Secret Service. Dun, dun, dun. I don't think it needs the... The subtitle. I, I don't. I don't either. I think it just should be Kingsman, but I mean, unless the sequels are like uh, the Jurors, the Secrets. Like you know, you just make up a different name for whatever the sure. American <laughs> one is, or you know, yeah. But yeah, so we saw that this week. We also talk about movie news. Any movie news this week? <laughs> yes. Um, we also nothing to do with Spider Man. What? We talk about uh, box office numbers, comic books, all that kind of jazz. I had a fun time at the comic shop this week. Me and Andrew were having fun. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Good guy. You should go see him. Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. It's a cool place. It is. I have a comic this week, too. So Ooh. won't let you down this week, guys. Won't awesome. let you down. Is the John claude Van Damme soundtrack and the Real Nerds DVDs still There's there? one copy of each. Mm-hmm. So one of each have sold. So cool. these are limited edition prints, guys. <laughs> Make sure <laughs> you, you get out there and get them. You can't shit anywhere. No, you got to go out there and get them. I'll sign them for them if you want. Yeah. You want. Yeah. Brad, will. Uh, he's the producer of all of them. And the album, because you didn't contribute anything musically to it, did you? No, I just did the graphic design. and So you basically are the producer and comp... I'm a producer. Com- compiler? Producer. Com- put the guy who takes... Composition master. Who compiler. takes the... Editor. With your... But what, it, oh my God, he's having a stroke. I burned, <laughs> I, I burned the CDs, man. He's a CD burner, man. Nice. Actually, Mike burned the CDs. Son of a bitch, um, what did you do? <laughs> he's the designer. And he baked people... And uh, Free Kanji, he fucking sucked their dick. <laughs> He's like, you make this, the the theme. God damn it. Aw, this is why nobody listens. Dude, we have so many fans. <laughs> yeah, we got like a couple new likes and follows today. Yeah. So thank you, know, you to all you people. I'm pretty sure it's because I'm active on Twitter and reposting stuff always. Or it might be your movie. I don't know. Or it might be my sexy voice. That's probably your sexy I voice. I appreciate how much you've been posting for the premiere hey man i'm proud of you thank you not like i'm trying to be like uh not like james over here do you appreciate the one dollar what i spent on it (laughs) you bought your ticket already uh yeah me and rafe both bought tickets so cool yeah thanks it's i you know i was looking at the thing a couple days ago it's pretty full yeah i had a hard time finding two spots so 70 seats sold that's awesome and you know what that's good for the alamo that means they can make money off of it and then when we go up to him and say hey we want to do real nerds present Hey, you guys can bring people in. I'm gonna buy a feast, man. Did you? Uh, did you? Oh, we have. Um, well, it doesn't matter now, but we had a custom menu for the show. I saw that. Oh, yeah. yeah. So when you do your feast, there'll be a bald eagle milkshake, Dan vanilla, oh. por- Dan vanilla porter, um, endless ninja popcorn. Um, What's the pizza? Oh, pizza LeBlanc. It's a white pizza. Yeah, that's cool. Because LeBlanc is white. Yeah. yeah so um, it's. You know what was cool is I took a screenshot of it. You can actually like see in the app in Brad's movie. Pops I know, I'm listed. Up. On, I'm listed on Fandango and I'm listed on. Alamo. <laughs> yeah, it's Hell awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's um, cool. 
Damn, I forgot what to say. As I got derailed by the menu thing. Well, I'm going to buy a lot of it. Cool. Speaking of the Alamo, this is what's happening at the Alamo this week. What is up, nerds? Hey, thanks so much for airing my spot last week. This is Steve Bissett, the creative manager of the Alamo Draft House. Really appreciate it. You nerds are super duper swell. Uh, here's what I've got for you this week at the Alamo Draft House. Friday, February 20th, the last American version, a.k.a. the James Hart story. Sorry, buddy. Join us as Golan Globus unzip our cinematic pants. Saturday, February 21st, is a wild and wacky day with a 35-millimeter print of the sultry silent film Pandora's Box, with live score by the man, Paul Buscarello. Later that day, we have Bill Allen from Rad and Heroes of Dirt stopping by to tear it up with a Q&A of some totally badass flicks. Even later that night, the premiere of Naruto, the last, has been selling like crazy and we'll be adding more shows as necessary. Sunday, February 22nd, we have another 35-meter print of the feel-good family comedy Blue Valentine. Just kidding, it's actually one of the most realistic love stories ever filmed and is excruciatingly heartfelt heartbreaking, and gorgeous, super sad, but super great. Monday, February 23rd, we have Stranger by the Lake, which is essentially cruising, but instead of it taking place in the leather bar, it's at a lake with strangers. Avi. Later on that week, this Thursday, don't miss our second installment of Loins on Fire, our Nicholas Spark series with Dear John. Make it a double feature and support film restoration and preservation with Vinegar Syndrome's Don't Go in the Woods, right after. Not like going into Loins on Fire wouldn't be supporting the restoration of film. Uh, Thank you guys so much. Hope you enjoy your week, and we'll see you at the Draft House. Thanks, nerds. Thanks, Steve, for calling in. Steve is the program manager. Creative creative manager. manager, Program guy. Badass. Badass. He said it in the audio. (laughs) Well, I I only had the transcript. The transcript is horrible. I I believe he is the programming manager. Um, also, I wanted to mention, we also got a reach out from Kira from the Alamo Draft House, of course. Um, their film series this week is they have Lions on Fire, which is... Loins. Loins? Yeah. There we go. Loins. Lions on Fire, also an awesome <laughs> idea for a movie. Is, it's Loins, five straight hours of Loins uh, on Fire Narnia. is a four-part... <laughs> is a four-part series running through March at showcasing Nicholas Spark film adaptations every two weeks. The series begins February 11th. You missed it, guys. Um, with a walk to remember. But this is the cool thing, though, is I'm reading it, and it's presented in... The walk to remember was presented in 35 millimeter huh. um, for Valentine's Day. Um, if you want to... You can go on to the Alamo Draft House Denver and click on, and you can see the schedule for cool. the for the whole loins of fire, on fire. Um, if you happen to get tickets to all four... Uh, you'll get a free ticket to see the newest Nicholas Sparks film called The Longest Ride coming in April. Um, so, yeah. I mean, here's the thing with Alamo, is if you invest in them and you keep on going there, you'll find something that you love. Oh, yeah. Because later on this month, uh, Army of Darkness is playing at the Alamo Draft. Did House. you get tickets yet? No. <laughs> They're sold out already. Is it sold out already? Yeah. Son of a bitch. Yeah. Are they doing no. anything special with it? I didn't see. Uh, it's like a beer thing, like oh. a custom beer thing. Of course, yeah. it'd be awesome. Um, and I, and I remember what I, what I was supposed to say earlier is like, because we want to do Army of Darkness is like the Real Nerds presents, mm-hmm. but maybe we should just do the whole season of Real Nerds Pod Show as the. <laughs> <laughs> but the, but the point is, is we have to have people to come out. Yeah. 
No confidence well, we in need, our show. We need. Well, I don't. People don't know who the fuck we are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what would be cool is if you could get Timothy Quill to come out for it. Like you know, post it. See, here's the it's thing: badass. is I was thinking about doing a sleepaway camp one because we know Jonathan. Yeah. Um, you know, neat. even it, Jonathan's other film, A Perfect House. Yeah. The Perfect House. I mean, I I'm friends with the director and on Facebook, and he yeah. always emails me his projects that he's working on. That'd be cool. So uh, we can do that. Um, we'll put something together. We'll put something together. We got to really sit down with the management there. Yeah. And work something out. But anyways. Uh, Alamo Drafthouse in Denver is our preferred movie venue place. It sucks. My wife's been working Fridays, and then she works and goes to school on Saturdays. And so I haven't been able to go to the Alamo in like three weeks, and it's really bumming me out. Lame. I know. I had to go to Belmar one time, dude. I went to the uh, the AMC out at Southlands this time, mm-hmm. and that one's not bad. It's still it's still an AMC, so it's really like sterile and not a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's one of the ones that's got the reclining seats, and oh, then yeah. they have... They have a swing-in table, which is a really cool idea. Um, so that's pretty neat. So uh, James... But the food's nowhere near as good. Oh, yeah. Like not even not even close. Me and Laura went to the Highlands Ranch uh, AMC to see mm. Into the Woods. Oh, yeah? And she got a beer. It was like $14. Holy oh, shit. God. Like, what? She kept uh, the cup, though. So Oh, good. We do have a cup that says MacGuffins, which is pretty cool. That's pretty <laughs> so, neat. Yeah. Um, it's a great name for a bar. It is. It's a really good name for a bar. James, are you logging a bunch of frequent flyer miles? Are you paying for your own airline ticket so you get the frequent flyer miles? Um, I mean, I have my own frequent flyer account. Good. Yeah. So where are you going to go with all this traveling you've been doing? I don't know. like uh, Bali? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Bali. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go hang out in Bali. Uh, go to the uh, best exotic Bali hotel. Uh, you know they're making a sequel to that movie, Perfect for You and Your Mom for Date Night. God damn it. <laughs> oh, that's that's so an sweet. adorable movie. You every don't t- even Every understand. time I see the title for the second best Marigold Hotel, yeah. I'm like, so that movie's going to be not as good. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? exactly. That's all I hear. I'm, I'm surprised no executive you know, stood up and said, like, you mm. would You would understand it if you'd seen the first one. I, I call it the bestest Marigold Hotel because it'd be like, oh this one's better than I, the I was thinking the best exotic Marigold Hotel too but it's T O oh yeah uh, I can't believe getting a sequel the only thing I will say is that the the trailer is charming the whole movie is charming you should really see the first one it's genuinely I don't know you said movie. the same thing about the Help yeah and it was a genuinely great movie <laughs> the Help is better but still uh so we'll start with uh. Real news. It's real news. Don't you own the help now? I you do. do. I do own the you help. You do. I love yeah, that movie. Fucker, an asshole. Uh, it's so one of those things where you're like, oh, Emma Stone's in it. Am I going to love her? And you always do. Uh, there's some really cool announcements from Marvel this week, Very including cool. the fact that. Um, Daredevil comes out, or uh, sorry, Deadpool comes out like one year from now. Yeah. Um, and did you see the picture of Ryan Reynolds with the mask? Yeah. Looks just like the comic book. Yep. So there so, you go. There you go. Uh, moving on, uh, John Stewart is leaving The Daily Show. I know, that's devastating. Yeah. I was I was reading an article on Forbes, and because Colbert and John Stewart left, cost Viacom $350 million in value. Holy shit. In one day. Wow. Man. Who'd awesome. they piss off? I don't know. I, the, the John Stewart thing, I understand. I mean, yeah. he's been doing it for so long. But Absolutely. It is kind of weird, though. He didn't stay for one more election. and in, mm. Because that's when his show is 
wildly popular. Yeah, wildly popular, and <laughs> it's also it. it's also what killed the show for me. I used to really like the Daily Show, and then when they started ramping up their election stuff, like it it then just fed the fire of me not wanting to hear anything about elections at that point. You know, it was like I don't know. Said the Republican. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I don't want to actually talk about politics. <laughs> Fuck no, I want to vote blind. Yeah. Anyway, uh, did you guys get a chance to see the trailer for Crimson Peak? Yeah. I I was genuinely interested in that. Well, Guillermo cool. del Toro knows how to make things look cool. Yeah. Well, but at first, you know, when they're talking about there's going to, you know, like, go surreal and the stuff is moving, I'm like, wait, I don't want a Guillermo del Toro movie where I don't see the monster. If the monster is transparent, I will be disappointed, and then it's not. Yeah. Um, so it seems cool. Uh, yeah. Just the atmosphere is really neat. It's interesting that the trailer come out came out and that movie doesn't come out till October. Yeah. Well, and and we still haven't seen a Mission Impossible 5 trailer and that comes out in July. I know. Like, where... I've seen set photos, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, like... Tom Cruise looking all handsome and shit. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited. Hell yeah. Uh, Also got a trailer for The Man from UNCLE, which looks pretty cool. I didn't see that one. I really... I actually saw it in front of the movie tonight. Um, You know, because it's a Guy Ritchie movie and tonight's movie is Matthew Vaughn. Like, it makes sense. Is is Army Um, Hammer British? No, he's supposed to be Russian. No, I mean as a human being, not oh, a character. Um, oh, I think he is, actually. I think it's funny because... I think so. Um, Superman there is British, but he's playing the American in the movie. <laughs> uh-huh. And then the American is playing a Russian. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he's American. I don't, yeah, I'm not sure if he is or not. Um, I can't remember. Actually, I don't think he is, because if I can think back to the, the interviews for Social Network... Uh, I don't yeah, think... he was born in Los Angeles, California. Okay. Yeah, it's hilarious. Huh. Yeah. Um, acting. It looks. Cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, it looks cool though. I'm I'm really excited about that one. It seems. I I like seeing Guy Ritchie. Guy Ritchie makes cool just, movies. Yeah, exactly. It's got some of that 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 kinetic style. Well, I haven't seen W E, so I'm not sure all his movies are <laughs> great. But isn't you know, that a Madonna? It is. Uh, but he directed it, didn't he? Swept away. Swept oh, he swept away is, is the one he did. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Madonna's in both of them. Yeah. Um. Anyway, he's coming back. Uh, anyway, that's news for this week. You son of a bitch! That is news for the week. <laughs> uh, motherfucker, Spider Man. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty exciting. Yeah. It's so, f- so uh, Marvel and Disney made an agreement, or uh, Marvel and Fox, I should say, no Sony, Sony made an agreement so that they can cross over the brains. Yeah, it's it's funny. I I was actually online when that news broke, and I hardly ever. Where online. else would you be? Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, but. It was it was like ten thirty at night, and I was just I was fucking around on IGN. I was just fucking around, um, yeah. going through actually the Mortal Kombat wiki, and all of a sudden it's I just clicked back and it's like breaking Spider Man now part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I said, oh, they're just recycling news, yeah. And I clicked on it, and no, it's real. Yep. And and it's interesting the whole little press release that they sent out is they're not exchanging any money it's just basically sony says oh, we need help with spider-man <laughs> right. yeah. i like i love spider-man well, too and it's not even just that right like they Amazing. know if Spider-Man they can too. tie if they can tie their spider-man movies in with the with the marvel franchise they know their movie will make more money yeah right so if they can let marvel take some control and make and hopefully make their movies better um if they can then take all of that hype from the Avengers movie and throw it into theirs. They know they're going to make more money. Like yeah. it's not a bad move. No, and not at all. And I, it's because I mean, you're just basically saying that, Hey, here's Spider-Man, put him in your movie, 
give him exposure and then we'll make the movie with Kevin Feige only as producer doesn't have creative control. Bullshit. Right. Um, so it's... Well, I mean, they could still fuck it up. They like, could. Sony can still come in and be like, we want Venom. And like... And here's the thing. It's, it's okay, okay if they put Venom in. I don't care if they do. But you have to tell the right story. Right. And that's all that matters. You know, I'm not one of those people that gets all bent out of shape when they change comic book stuff. Right. As long as they keep the characters true to who they are, it doesn't right. matter. You know, it doesn't matter that uh, in Tim Burton's Batman that the Joker killed Batman's parents and is given a name. Right. And does so I wasn't even listening. Are they are they officially going to get rid of um of what's his face? Garfield, or is there a yeah. chance that they might keep him around? No, it's a bummer. I think Andrew Garfield is a great Peter Parker. I don't know why you don't just keep him. Like I They asked him. Yeah, I, I, guess, I guess they asked him he said he didn't want to do it. Okay, okay. At I think I asked. think he's still not something happened in Amazing Spider Man two mm. where he is not down with Huh. It, it was interesting. I was reading an an article with him, well, and I did, guess they did kill his real girlfriend. So yeah, he 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 actually has he, he's no isn't credited, but he wrote a lot of Peter Parker scenes hmm. because he felt they didn't write him very well. Hmm. And the best news about this is um, Av Arid is not has no creative control at all. Yep, <laughs> which is news to great news to me. A, a lot of um, comic book fans are pulling for Miles Morales to be Spider Man. And I, I was talking to Andrew about this, and I don't think people who are not comic book fans will know who Miles Morales is. I think it's too big of a chance. Yeah. But not saying you couldn't have Donald Glover be Spider-Man. Oh, totally. And be Peter Parker. I mean, that's fine. That'd be awesome. I just don't think you should change the name. Yeah. I think you keep him Peter Parker. I don't care what his ethnicity is or whatever. Right. But uh, it's, it's... Actually, I saw a really funny uh, thing on the internet. I forget who posted it. I want to say it was Dorkly. It's this really silly video game website. Mm-hmm. And it said uh, they cast uh, the new uh, an African American as Spider Man, and this is what he looks like, and it's just a picture of Spider Man in full costume. <laughs> oh, Jimmy Fallon did that. Joke. Oh, it was Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, it's funny. Oh, that's weird. But yeah, yeah. so it doesn't. It, the The news is amazing, and <laughs> that he's going to be in Civil War. Some people are up in arms because they pushed some of the Marvel stuff. They, hardly. All they did was they pushed Thor to the fall. There was only one one Marvel movie that well, year. So yeah, Thor and, and Black Panther's a little later. But well, yeah. But here's the thing with that but, stuff: is but they Black don't even Panther, have scripts. They could do it any time. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. The only one that's really affected is Thor because you want to keep the ones that you already have set up and moving. You want to keep those in the consciousness. Mm-hmm. Um, it, like Black Panther is Black Panther. Yeah. Just make a Black Panther movie whenever you want to. Yeah. They could even do it just like Ant-Man where you just like pop it up in the middle of the summer and it's a third Marvel movie or it's like a weird offshoot like Oh and I so I was telling you that me and Andrew had a great conversation at the comic store and we were talking about this and he said so what do you think about them doing an origin I'm like oh god I hope they don't do an origin oh, but no, how do you establish that origin So you can have in the new Spider-Man movie the villain be Mysterio and Spider-Man is reliving all of the, his events so through hallucinogen, for, from hallucinating, from Mysterio's hmm. magic. And so it's a little darker tone. Yeah. Maybe it's a little different. And you're playing with how the story's told. Mm-hmm. So people know that Uncle Ben was shot. But what if you have Peter being affected by Mysterio and he sees Aunt May being killed instead and you think it's canon and what's happening? So you could have Mysterio set up the canon of the new Spider-Man so world. If 
if I remember the timeline right, and correct me if I'm wrong, doesn't this mean that the first time he shows up is going to be in Captain America? Yeah. Right. So the truth is they're going to have to... Like, by the time they get to a Spider-Man movie, we're already going to be familiar with Exactly. That's like, why you don't need you it. You don't really need to do that That's, story Yeah. So I'm just saying that you could take, like, a Mysterio and kind of have him mess with Spider-Man and change how people perceive him and hmm. make it darker. And What do you call it? Do you call it Spider-Man? I think you call it Spectacular Spider-Man. I don't know. Hmm. Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man. I was going to say Friendly That'd Neighborhood. Sweet. Yeah, Mary, jo- Mary Jane loves <laughs> Spider-Man. Yeah, there's a big thing going. Who's going to be his love interest? He doesn't need one. He doesn't need one. Eh, no, you need you need an attractive sidekick. You, you don't. Need, like, Spider-Man yeah. doesn't need it. I know uh, they asked J.K. Simmons if he'd come back, and he said, hell yeah. yeah. Oh, hell yeah. So I, I think you just need to set up the world. I don't think he needs to have a girlfriend who's in trouble. I think he just needs to be set up in the world. I know who should play t- Spider-Man. Hmm. Tobey Maguire. Yes. 40-year-old Tobey <laughs> Maguire. <laughs> Uh, yeah. no, they're already reaching. Uh, there's you know so much going on right now. They're already reaching out to pretty young actors, actors like in the early twenties. They should do like it's when he shows up in Captain America. He should be older, sort of retired, like a politician now, and that's why he's like, no, but no, people shouldn't reveal who they are. Like, yeah, no. I I don't know how you're going to introduce him in because he seems like Captain America Civil War is going to be really loaded. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be awesome. But, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, he's supposed to be like because they want him in high school. Yeah. So I don't know how a kid in high school figures into the grand scheme of the. Well, I mean, he's Thanos and stuff. It won't. I mean, it, it, that's not part of. So I don't no, know. no, 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 no. no. no For Civ- Civil War will basically just be about Iron like, Man versus Captain America. Yes. Yeah, and it's it's a clash of ideals. Right. So so it's really about wh- it's about whether or not superheroes should have to reveal who they are, so that, that way they can be held accountable for their actions. Um, it's an interesting story because what happens in the beginning is the new warriors chase Nitro into the schoolyard, and Nitro's a villain who can blow himself up. He blows himself up and kills school children. The public becomes outraged. Congress says, okay, here's a superhuman registration act. Iron Man gets behind it, gets Spider-Man to join. Spider-Man reveals himself to the world. And then halfway through, Spider-Man flips sides because he feels that it's wrong. Captain America thinks you should protect your civil liberties. Mm -hmm. Also Uh, your family. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, if If you have not read Civil War, and I just spoiled a lot of it for you, go to Colorado Quinn's Cards and Comics. Pick that shit up. Trust me, they have... Like ten copies of Civil War and trade paperback. <laughs> Pick it up; you will not yeah. be sorry. It is a great story. Huh? You can even get the audio book and listen yeah. to it like <laughs> yeah. your grandmother did. My grandmother did. <laughs> oh man! But it's it's pretty amazing that this happened. Yeah, because it's, it's it's cool. It's it's people making good decisions based on well, I mean, it's really based on financial reasons, but at the same time, like it's pro storytelling yeah you know what i'm saying like they realize that this other company that has has been as successful as they are because they're making pretty tight blockbuster action movies that also have a good core to them yeah and even though they've done a good job like with the amazing spider-man movies they did a pretty good job of keeping that core uh i think they also understand that they are on the verge if they, if they rebooted it again or something like that or or took it in a bad direction they were on the verge of ruining that series again yeah, that's the problem is i mean i love amazing spider-man too that's because i'm a spider-man fan so i can forgive the lapses yeah. in logic and stuff right where people like brad and the silly doesn't, moments and the, yeah. doesn't forgive stuff like that because he doesn't care right for me i'm like oh i love it so right. I, it doesn't matter to me Right. But they need to put faith back into the character. Well, and, and everything they were saying about where they were going to take that series sounded like a mistake. Oh, yeah. 
Sinister Six and all of this other stuff, you were just like, this is not... How about you make a third one and that one's good too? Yeah. If you could make three Spider-Man movies good and put those under your belt in a row, all right, then we'll trust you with like expanded universes and all this shit. So you're fine with the lightning bolts on Electro suit now? <laughs> no, I still think it's <laughs> stupid, but... <laughs> I, I but I still think Electro visually is a sweet villain. It's a cool looking villain. I mean, not it, as not as cool as he is in the Ultimate Universe, but still cool. Yeah, and watching it on Blu-ray, I mean, that last fight scene, yeah, it's really CGI heavy. Yeah, but there's moments where there's purples, greens, blues, pinks, all exploding on. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's some. I mean, there's issues with the movie, but it doesn't mean it's not my favorite movie from last year. Right. <laughs> it, it redeems itself. Agreed. It's cool. Yeah, this is a cool thing. So, sometimes sometimes nerds win. Mm-hmm. Except for Batman and Superman, which is going to be fucking horrible. Uh, anyway. I don't know. <laughs> what are we doing next? Uh, this is the number one movie in box office last year. This is the box office stats. That's my SpongeBob. That's pretty mm, good. That was, that was not bad. Was it 56 million? It was 55-ish, yeah. 55.3. It's pretty impressive yeah. for a movie I didn't know was going to do that well. Absolutely, yeah. And, you um, know, it's funny, though. I, I want to see the movie because every time I they say, oh, man, if we eat that much cotton candy, we can go around the world. And then their eyeballs get, like, really cartoony and big. And they start laughing and all the world goes behind them. I think it's funny. But I, I was also read that it's only the last, like, ten minutes of the movie is that oh. part where it's live action. Hmm. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, the movie we saw... Jupiter Ascending came in at number three with $18 million. Actually got beat by American Sniper still. So that movie deserves to lose. Yeah, that was a mess. Uh, Come on, Wachowskis. Yep. Go back to your Matrix hole from 15 years ago. You can do it. Oh, man. 16 years? Is it 99 was the Matrix? 99, yeah. Damn. Yep. Yep. That movie is good. It is. People should see The Matrix. I, I'm more of a fan of Matrix uh, Revolutions. Has anyone seen that one? I'm a big fan of Enter the Matrix, the video game. I think that was the best of all the Matrixes. With its matrices. Ma- matrices, yes. <laughs> the Matrices trilogy. Uh, anyway. Yeah. DVDs? Cool. DVD releases and Blu rays. Game of Thrones season four this is the Ooh, big I'm release from this week. Yeah, did you did you pre-order it? I did. It's got a big crow on it. I pre-ordered it because if you pre-order it, it's like twenty seven dollars opposed to like the eighty it'll be next week. The tagline is "All men must die," um, which is also the tagline for "Why the Last Man." So uh, maybe that show is going to get better. <laughs> uh, the Theory of Everything is coming out this week, yeah, which is cool. I'll have to rent that. Yeah, that was one of those that I missed from last year. I saw the other British science movie. Uh, the interview is getting its DVD releases or Blu-ray yeah, releases this week. Too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll probably pick it up. I don't know. It's only thirteen bucks. Like, yeah. I don't. I don't love that movie. I don't love that movie enough that I would necessarily buy it right away. But at the same time, there is still a little bit of that fire where I'm like, well, I want to throw some money at those guys because they lost like six million. Yeah, exactly. So, you know about a movie. You know, it's still watching that movie. I cannot believe they're upset about that movie. It is really a bromance between Rogan and Franco. Yeah, I mean, it's just a, you know, it's it's not even a brilliant, like, comedy, and it's not a brilliant political statement, so it's just just a... Wow, people are idea. overreacting? Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, the Tale of Princess Kaguya, 
which is an old Studio Ghibli movie uh, that's getting its Blu-ray release this week, so check that out. Does New Year's Evil come out, too? I think I have that one coming. Uh, shoot, I didn't see that one. New Year's Evil? Shoot. <laughs> it's a Scream Factory. I opened a bunch of horror movies that we'll get to, but anyway. <laughs> I don't remember. That one I didn't see. Maybe uh, it's next week. But it might be. I, I don't remember. Left under the radar. Uh, the Homesman, which is a Hillary Swank, Tommy Lee Jones western movie. Oh that yeah, that's right. I actually, like the the trailer for, so I might check that out. Saint Vincent, which was uh, nominated for some Golden Globes. Dumb and Dumber Toe, two. Mm-hmm. Which my joke was not as funny. <laughs> nope. <laughs> but neither was that movie. I would bet. I don't know. I didn't see it. Was Did any of us see it? Did you guys right. see it? There, there was moments that were pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. My, my, my favorite joke in it is. Uh, Lloyd and Harry go to this guy's house because they want to get uh, his bike back. <laughs> Why do they go to the house? Or they get a letter and he says, well, he died in a motorcycle accident and uh, Lloyd says, oh yeah, I traded him for his helmet straight up. <laughs> yeah. And the reason he's dead because he traded his helmet. That's funny. That's a joke that takes a lot of setup to get to, but it's great. <laughs> uh, Doctor Who, the Christmas special was the, uh, is coming out this week. Uh, Caveman starring Ringo Starr. <laughs> Nice. Uh, oh, is Phantom of the Opera this week? I think it's Phantom of the Opera. All right, let me skip ahead a couple. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, hold on, hold on. Pause, <laughs> pause. Phantom of the Opera. Starring Freddy Krueger himself, Robert uh-huh. Eaton. That's coming out this week. See, I knew I had something from Scream Factory coming. Yes, you did. See, I was going to get there. Uh, VHS Viral, which I think is, that's the third VHS movie? Yeah. Did, did you, you guys didn't see this one. No, I saw the first two. It, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I don't. I didn't see it in the theaters. Like, I mean, I I, I didn't, didn't see it in the it theaters, but also didn't see it in the theaters. Right. You yeah. didn't, you didn't see that it was in theaters. If it was available somewhere, I mean, I did you? What do you think of the first two? I can't. It, it's like the ABCs of Death. It's just yeah. Like, there's some that stand out. Like the first one, the last one, the Haunted House one was really good. But there's not as many. There are only like four, six. Yeah. The only thing I really remember like is the one with the succubus, and then that was yeah, the first one. And then the second one. one had that like. That cult yeah, where everyone was getting that one was stabbed. A long one, yeah. yeah, I would bet that this one is all like web stuff. Yeah, like uh, oh, I saw a trailer tonight for Unfriended, which looks like the shittiest new idea for a basically found footage movie where the whole Facebook kills you. Yeah, the whole Wait, movie is really? like yeah, the whole movie is in a um, is in like a Skype call between friends and so like the, yeah. the story is like oh this girl dies and she she killed herself a couple days after they had released this video that she, of her like getting drunk and doing something stupid and like you know she didn't know who released it and then she killed herself and then now all of her friends are like skyping with each other on like a, a whatever dude call. coca-cola poured coke on the internet and it made everything better <laughs> have you seen that shitty commercial no it's a commercial that starts off where this kids being cyber bullied and he's like i hate you and then some technician spills coke into a like a server oh. and then the coke makes everything when people are arguing and saying bad things on the internet better maybe that's how they'll uh maybe that's <laughs> how the movie will end i don't have you guys seen a preview for the movie called the duff no it's really shitty and it's <laughs> these kids who's saying oh you're the duff like they're trying to create this new it's like streets ahead yeah it's like they're <laughs> trying to create this new put down called the duff yeah and it's it's basically you remember she's all that and the girl was really hot and all she did was wear like overalls and everyone said oh she's so ugly it's that joke from not another teen movie right and uh it's basically the same thing i don't don't know okay huh i want to watch not another teen movie if you were gonna create a new (laughs) term though for that you shouldn't use one that is popularized by the simpsons 
because <laughs> yeah. everybody's just going to see that and go, oh, Duff Beer. No, <laughs> no, no, no. This is like our, our, we made this up. No, you didn't. It's Duff Beer. Life Itself comes out on Blu-ray this week, which is cool. I haven't gotten a chance to see that yet, so I'll check it out. Uh, Jack Lemmon's How to Murder Your Wife. Nice. Gets a Blu-ray release. This, I, I really like this cover. This looks like a, like an old EC Comics cover where there's like the, this, you know, it's it's all painted. It's an old, you know, fifties mm-hmm. movie. Uh, it's all painted. And there's his wife sitting there, looking, you know, smiling, and there's Jack Lemmon in the back with a plunger that says explosives on the side, and he's like smiling and about to blow. Nice, up. I love it. Shit, I honestly want to just pick this up because I think that cover is so cool. Um, Nicholas Cage's Dying of the Light. No reference to Interstellar. Just. Some Is it another DVD cover where it's like a really bad photoshopped Nicolas Cage? You know it. I love oh it. Oh my god, it's one of it's one of the worst ones I've seen. You can probably tell just from here, like <laughs> how poorly photoshopped his face is. I don't, have, I don't have time to be bothered with <laughs> with having my photo taken for this poster. Oh man, it's it's a, a particularly bad one. Um, and then finally, Muscle Beach Party comes out on Blu-ray this week, starring Brad Haig. <laughs> Actually, starring Peter Lorre. And Brad uh, Haig. Yep. And his muscles. <laughs> and his muscles. Uh, another really good cover on this one, because it's like, it's just like cartoon people, and they're all having a muscle beach party. I love it. Yeah. So check it out. Go buy some stuff. If you use a link from Digital Bits, you support the Digital Bits. Oh, man. Tuesday, I'm, i got to go to Best Buy. Yeah. Munich, baby. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Is that the oh, did you see that they're releasing all those Spielberg movies on yeah. Blu-ray? Oh, no, I didn't I posted that, that on our thing, too. Yeah, like Duel, Sugarland Express. Oh, is it that four-pack? No, it's oh, like they're all separate. Actually, oh, okay, yeah. cool, cool, cool. Um, it, 1941. Yeah, May 5th, I think, is when it all comes out. Cool. Yeah, so Spielberg fans finally snatched those up. Awesome. I can't wait, man. I haven't seen some of those movies in so long. Yeah. Like I couldn't even tell you. Are they good releases? They're the, basically, they're taking what was in the Spielberg director's collection and making them individual. Okay. Okay. And eyesonblu-ray.com, some of them have I mean, not that I want them special all features and other ones don't. Yeah, I mean, it's not that I want them all to be Jaws, but at the same time, I'd like for them each to have... I do know the 1941 has two cuts of the film and like an hour and a half documentary from the Laserdisc on there. So, you know, at least they're porting over special features. What Go was the Spielberg. horror movie you were talking about? New Year's Evil. Uh, Maybe it's no. a couple weeks. I don't know. I pre-order all Scream Factory stuff, so I don't know when it shows up. Did yeah. you see the? They got the cover art for Sleepaway Camp two and three. Yeah, those movies are not good. <laughs> In fact, if you talk to our buddy Jonathan Tiersten, he wants nothing to do with them. He also doesn't want anything to do with Return to Sleepaway Camp, which he's in. Hmm. But you know, I saw that I was at Second Spin, and they had Return to Sleepaway Camp for like a dollar. I should have got it, but I did not. That's it. Nice. What do you want to do now? I don't know. Comics? Okay. What's up, nerds? It's the Comics Corner. You already talked about Civil War. We did talk about <laughs> Civil War. Uh, but I, I'm going to meld this in with uh, video games, guys. Mortal Kombat X has a comic that came out, and I didn't know if it'd be any good. The, the art on the cover is really badass. It's done by Ivan Riaz, I think is who it is. It looks sweet. And anytime you have, uh, and it was digital first, 
So I was really concerned because the covers are badass. Mm. But anytime you get a licensed product and the covers are badass, usually the art on the inside is nowhere near as good. Right. Uh, like, but it's actually... Like everything Army of Darkness. Oh, dude. I actually I told Andrew to stop giving me in- Army of Darkness comics after the last one I read. Uh. Um, but anyways, they... Uh, and it's basically telling the prequel before the video game comes mm-hmm. out. And it's pretty interesting. They have... You have to be kind of well-versed in Mortal Kombat mythology. But... The basic story is is they took some endings from Mortal Kombat that came out in 2011, and Scorpion is redeemed, and he gets his soul back, and so now he's training ninjas again, and he's given a pupil who, and he's training all these other kids, and one of them gets possessed and kills people, and so he takes another kid under his wing and kind of teaches them the ways. And it's just really fascinating. If you're a Mortal Kombat fan, you'll really like it. If you don't like Mortal Kombat, you'll have no idea what's going on in it. Hmm. Because they pull characters like Sue Howe, who was in one Mortal Kombat, shows up in it. And you have to kind of know his backstory with the Black Dragons and stuff to fully appreciate what's going on. But if you're a fan, I definitely think you should pick them up. Plus, if you don't get them on digital first, when they release them as a collection, they're 40 pages. And it's only $3. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's a good deal. And they're, they're pretty fun to read. Uh, if you're a Mortal Kombat fan, I would definitely check it out. Cool. And the covers are sweet. I didn't. I forgot to get it this week because I only went down to get the end of Spider-Verse. Um, and he was still putting away comics. But the new cover suite, it's of Raiden. And, but he sold out. So sorry, guys. You're going to have to get the first one on digital. Cool. Or if, unless you can find the first one around town. Yeah, Andrew was actually surprised by how many of those he sold. I, I sent him a message and I said, hey, man, I forgot to tell you. Uh, I want the new Mortal Kombat comic, and it came in two covers, a Scorpion and Sub-Zero. Mm-hmm. And I said, I just want both of them. And then I went in that day. He says, man, you're lucky you asked me for them because I sold the like other 10 copies I got. Hmm. So, wow. yeah, he burned through them. When's uh, Mortal Kombat come out? Uh, April 14th. Cool. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to play it because I'm not a Mortal Kombat guy, but cool. I mean, you should get it. It looks sweet. Yeah. They have this new, cool new thing where, uh, have you played Injustice? Uh, only a little bit. They, uh, they made it free on PlayStation Plus. They have a thing called Star Labs in that where basically you take a character, it's Batman, and let's say the mod is Joker's poisoned, and so he's, you can't touch him. If you touch him, you lose, or if you get close to him, you lose energy. Mm-hmm. Um, for Mortal Kombat, the new one coming out, they're going to have it constantly updated, so they're going to be have constant new challenges all the time. Cool. And <laughs> the game looks amazing. And if you haven't played Injustice, I think you should go get Injustice. You get the complete collection, I think, for like eighteen dollars now on PS3. Or yeah, it was it was free on Plus uh, like three or four weeks ago. Uh, so I got it then and messed around with it a little bit, but it's fun. Yeah. So yeah, pick up Mortal Kombat X if you're a Mortal Kombat fan, or pick up the concluding chapter of Spider Verse. It's pretty funny. Um, and then Batman. I, it's I'm actually a week behind on Batman, but Endgame Part Four came out. Oh my gosh, you have to read that book. Did I tell no. Oh, dude. You're, I think you talked about it like the last time I was on here. Yeah, I talk about it every month because I want people to read it. <laughs> like the Joker infiltrated Gordon's yeah. house. Yeah. So this one, he's actually telling a different origin again. And it's like he's you go back and look at pictures of Gotham 100 years ago and the Joker's in the pictures. So they're saying that it might be something to do with a Lazarus pit or that he's there's more than one Joker and it's a guy who just keeps on it's really fascinating um that's cool and and i was reading an interview with scott snyder who's the writer and he said this was originally going to be his last arc he ever wrote for batman so 
he basically said, I'm bringing the Joker back for this and it's going to be the end all be all for me. And that, right. but then he came up with an idea for afterwards. Hmm. But, uh, it, I'm telling you, you have to pick up Endgame. I'm not even a Batman fan, but Scott Snyder makes really cool Joker stories. That's neat. Yeah, it's really fascinating. Cool. And you never know with the Joker. He's probably lying anyways. <laughs> awesome. What's next? I think uh, we only have one thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what, what have we been watching? So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Oh, I'm so much more important than you guys. I'll go first. You son of a bitch. Um, unless you want to go first, James. I don't, I don't really care. I just okay, good. Go. Just just go. want to tell me I'm a son of a bitch. Uh huh. You're a son of a bitch. You're a son of so a I bitch. So I had this really weird thing going on early la- last uh, this week where the signs were pointing for me to watch Predator. I was driving. I was picking up uh, something from my wife, and then uh, I, love I love the idea that like the universe moved so for I could you watch, to watch Predator. Predator. Uh, and then um, Long, Tong, Long Tall Sally came on um, when I was driving. I was like, oh, man, this is like when Painless is listening to it. And he says, you guys are nothing but a sla- bunch of slapjaw faggots running around here. <laughs> and uh, shit, what is, I had a couple other things. Uh, I, I forget what they all were, but I like ran home and <laughs> I watched Predator. That movie's so awesome. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I don't know, Brad, have you seen the Blu-ray of Predator? Uh, yeah, I have it, yeah. Do you? I, I was reading a bunch of reviews on it online. Uh, Blu-ray dot com has awesome reviews for Blu-rays. If you didn't know, and I guess there's a big problem with the Predator uh, video yeah. on Blu-ray that they cleaned it up too much. I have both versions. Yeah, which yeah. one do you prefer? Do you prefer the cleaned up one or the gritty one? Uh, I can see the difference, but neither of them really detract from the movie for me. I, so. I think that like the cleaned up one looks really nice. I don't know. I don't think looks, I need. It, yeah, it it does look better, but it's, like I can see where. It, they would nitpick the fact that everyone looks too, like waxy. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, I still had fun watching it, and they're. I mean, s- they're in the jungle, so they're all sweaty. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it, totally. It's such an unusual movie too, because it it starts off as this war movie, and then it goes into a science fiction, and then kind of a horror movie, and it, it's awesome. It 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 might be Arnold's best movie. It might be. I'd I'd say yeah. Uh, hmm. Well, no, Terminator 2, but... Mm. Yeah, see, I'm always torn because, I mean, there's some days that I... I mean, Kindergarten, Co- Kindergarten Cop isn't a great movie, but it's still one of my favorite Arnold movies, so I don't know. You know, it's... but. Uh, Do you know what the original title for Predator was? Um, No. The Hunter. The Hunter? Predator's way more badass. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, have you seen the special features with Jean-Claude Van Damme dressed up <laughs> as the Predator? Well, that weird, like... <laughs> yeah, that weird mantis, praying mantis yeah. kind of thing, whatever it was, I don't know. But yeah, no, I love that movie. And the fact that they went from like that rubbery mask to existing <laughs> like Stan Winston, and it's such an iconic villain thing. now. That yeah. yeah, it's you know, oh, I miss movies like that though. I miss I miss Stan Winston. Yeah, action movies where it's basically mano a mano, macho versus macho. Because that last bit, you know, the Predator can just use his weapons to kill Arnold, but he takes his weapons off and he takes off his mask. He just beats him up hmm. and Arnold's such a great actor where he doesn't get a lot of credit for it but you know the part where he lures the predator into the trap he's like I'm here kill me I'm here and the predator is about to get him and then the predator knows it's a trap and he walks around his face is amazing at that part where he's like oh yeah. fuck <laughs> uh, you're an ugly mother <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it's, I did a, a scene of that for Mr. Klug's like theater class mm-hmm. he didn't get it <laughs> nope oh, 
It was like when uh, Dylan and Dutch like meet <laughs> you up. Son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I know that was my quote on Twitter. <laughs> What's the matter? The CIA got you pushing too many pencils? <laughs> <laughs> but you, and you forget too that you know he was betrayed by you know Dylan and everything and man I haven't seen I watch that movie probably once a year but the little nuances in it I freaking love that's funny I should watch it again I got a weird like pull to watch Predators some weeks ago because mm-hmm. I, I think I got I think it movie's cool too. or something yeah and it, it it was cool but I I should have immediately gone to watch Predator again because yeah. it's been a while oh yeah um, I do not own Predator two because fuck that shit why. That movie's bad. Yeah, it's not bad. The movie's bad. There's worse things. You can get it for like seven bucks now. There are worse on things. On Blu-ray. Like Jupiter Ascending. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I still like Predator 2. Like when he throws a disc and it cuts Gary Busey in half. <laughs> no. Yeah. I've, I've watched it a couple times. I never, like, like, it never sticks with me. Like, I never remember what actually happened in the movie. I, I mean, obviously Danny Glover's in it. Yeah, it's silly. I mean, there's a part where the Predator holds up it. his spirit. He gets struck by lightning. <laughs> it's silly, but. Uh, that movie is dumb. It's still fun. Yeah. It's just slow. It's a lot of like Danny Glover climbing up into a spaceship and <laughs> Danny Glover walking around a spaceship. I'm going to have me some fun tonight. I'm going to have me some fun tonight. That's one of the first Predator. <laughs> I think the beauty of the first one is like it's so simple. Yeah. It's straightforward. And well, all the other ones, they overcomplicate. And look, no offense to, to Danny try and Glover. make it better. But I love Danny Glover. But the first movie is a whole bunch of badass dudes in the jungle getting slaughtered. Danny Glover. <laughs> like, I I I don't want the Predator to have to fight the Thinking Man's cop. Like, that's not why why I like Predator. So he's got to fight crazy rigs. Yeah, he w- yes. wants to die. Predator, <laughs> predator oh, dude versus rigs. That would be awesome, <laughs> dude. Lethal Weapon Predator would be great. <laughs> that would be awesome. I'm too old for this shit. Uh, for Friday Thirteenth, I watched Friday Thirteenth Part Three. Um, not that it's the best one. I just love the heroine in it. I think she's really cute. Um, her name's Chris. Which one is Friday the Thirteenth Three? It's the three D one. Okay, well, duh, it's three. They're they're they they're, in the, they're, they're in the forest, and he kills a bunch of people. Oh, okay, <laughs> all right. I don't know if you know that one. Uh, like it's the first one where he gets his hockey mask. Okay, uh, the movie's actually one is of my Jason. Jason, or is Jason yeah. like an old lady? Yeah, uh, it's Jason. Okay, it's actually one of my least favorite ones huh. because I don't think this. I sound stupid, but the story isn't that good. Uh, and the acting isn't very good, but there's some really awesome moments in it. Like there's this kid who's doing a handstand and he's walking and the 3d effect is, is Jason shows up behind him and he chops him in half with like his machete between his legs and is really gory. And the camera's underneath him, I'm like motioning, like people can see it. The camera's underneath the kid on the handstand. So you see the blood like pour down and hit the screen. Mm. Um, and he also grabs this guy and he p- pushes his head so hard that his eyeball pops out towards screen. <laughs> Um, dude, we should see if we get Friday the 13th Part 3 in 3D and show that at the Alamo. <laughs> that would be freaking awesome. October. Uh, and he gets his mask in that. And it's, I mean, it's an all, it's an all right Friday the 13th. Um, it's not, it's better than Part 5 and Jason Goes to Hell. So there's that. <laughs> part 5 is horrible. It's not really Jason. I hate when Jason's not Jason. You know? Is that the one mm. where he's on a boat the whole time? No, that takes Manhattan. Oh, okay. Yeah. Whatever. Which that one's weird too. It has really lots of supernatural stuff. But I watch it for Friday Thirteenth because I always after do. like four years of doing this and talking about these movies, I still can't ke- get, keep straight which ones which. Anytime maybe, you want to, anytime you want to borrow the complete collection, James, maybe because I have not seen any of them. You should. I'm just trying to like learn them for vicariously through 
you talking about them. You should watch them. They're not bad. First one, it's his mom. Second one, it's him, but he doesn't have a mask. Yeah. Third one's a mask. Fourth one's Fourth got one's Corey Feldman in it. Fifth one's okay. The New Beginning. It doesn't have anything in it. Six is my favorite. Seven is The New Blood. Yeah. With a girl who's like has telekinesis. That's right. Six is your flavor, favorite, but that's the one on the boat? No. It, that's What happens in six? It's Jason Lives. It's the one where he gets brought back to life by like Frankenstein. Mm. Oh, okay. And uh, Yeah, eight's Manhattan or the boat. Oh, my God. Really the boat. Yep. Yeah. And then after that is Jason Goes to Hell. Yeah. Then Jason X, which I actually think is better than a lot of people think it is. It's just really cheaply shot. Um, it's like a sci-fi channel yeah, movie. Yeah. It, Jason looks way out of place in it. Just the lighting in it drives me crazy. And Harry Manfredini, who did all the soundtracks or the score for all the Friday 13s, his score is really bad in that movie. Hmm. And so bad that he didn't, sh- get, he didn't show back up for Freddy vs. Jason. Um, but yeah, and so I watched that. And then my two Tom Cruise movies, I watched The Judge again, which, by the way, on Blu-ray looks beautiful. And it actually has He's, one of my... Wait. The judge? Yeah, the judge. Oh, Tom Cruise is not in the judge. No, I'm sorry. I okay. skipped one. Because I, I just want to bring <laughs> up that uh, it has actually one of my favorite special features in a long time. Really? Um, there's a commentary with a director, but they have like a 35-minute roundtable with all the stars, which is basically a commentary with them. So you have Robert Duvall, Vera Farmiga, um, Vincent D'Onofrio, Robert Downey Jr. Oh, that's uh, cool. All these people just... And his wife, who's the producer. Billy Bob Thornton in it? Uh, no. Oh, that's, that's the only right. bummer. But they're all talking about it and how they were making this project. And um, the guy who plays Dell, I forget his name, but he's the mentally handicapped brother yeah. of theirs. Right. Um, how Robert and Vincent D'Onofrio, when that scene at the end where they hug, he actually improvised him like crying at that moment and how... Uh, RDJ and Vincent Norfio did it off camera so he could get in the right moment. And uh, Robert Duvall is, uh, there's a really funny story with Dak Shepard where there's a scene in the early courtroom where Dak Shepard had his real cup of coffee. Fucking Dak Shepard. I know. Wow, I forgot. And he was drinking out of it, but it wasn't part of the scene. And David Dobkin is the director. And he came over and he said, hey, Dax, I want to tell you something. And Robert Duvall says, yeah, you have the wrong coffee in this scene. <laughs> he was all pissed off, and it was mm-hmm. funny. Um, but it was, it was a really cool, like, round table. Uh, it's a short, like, 30 minutes, but huh. it's really cool to hear all of them all talk together and how they found their characters. And That's a cool idea. Uh, yeah, and their process in each scene. It's it's really fascinating. Um, they, is it intercut with scenes from the movie? Yeah. Cool. So they say, hey, what do you think about this scene? And, um, and they talk about it and how... Robert Downey Jr., Robert Duvall taught people how to be better actors. And hmm. Vera Farmiga said, it's so weird working with Robert because he's always on. He's always on. He's always on. And then when the scene starts, he's back to being the character he is. And um, and I can see how working with Robert Downey Jr. is probably a challenge because mm-hmm. he's a very busy person. Right. Um, great actor. And um, if he's listening to this, Robert, please come on my show. <laughs> or I will fly to California and interview you to be on my show. Um. And so I watched two Tom Cruise movies I've never seen this week. Uh, Far and Away, which have you guys seen Far and Away? Yes. Not good. Nope. Um, Real long. Here's the thing is, again, I don't think, I don't think there's... Wait, wait, did you just say not good? Because didn't you say no, here's the thing. Tom Cruise doesn't make a bad movie? It's not a bad movie. True. Okay. You're right. You it's, said not good. Okay. Yeah. It's not a bad movie, but it doesn't seem like there's really a plot to it. It's 
it's pretty boring. Yeah, it's he's an and I, I, there's a lot of it's like an epic, but not very epic. Yeah, there's a lot of um, talk about his accent. I think he's actually pretty good in it. I don't think eh, there's a part where I was like, oh man, that's just a horrible. Yeah, the problem with the movie is not his accent. No, it's it's just because it's really. I can't describe it. Nothing really happens. There's there's more scope than there is plot. Exactly. That's and, a Ron Howard movie. Right? Yes. Yeah, man. And I remember uh, I went back and I read about it, and what's big selling point when it came out it was a seventy millimeter, and oh. so it's trying to create that scope. You know. Yeah. It's just it seems like nothing really happens, and I mean yeah. he goes, he leaves Ireland because they get kicked out because his dad died, and then he runs away with Nicole Kidman, who she's bad. Like I don't know how she ever got nominated for an Oscar. Isn't that is that where they met? Uh, Days of Thunder is where they met. Oh, that's right. <laughs> get out of the car, go get out of the guard. <laughs> that's a great tweet. Um, I said, <laughs> get off the horse, call. Let me out the horse, call. <laughs> Let me out the horse. Uh, have you seen Far and Away? No, I just imagined that was oh. <laughs> something in the movie. So the whole point is Nicole Kidman wants to go to Oklahoma where people are just, they're giving away land, which is true. Mm-hmm. They they would give away land. So people, basically the government give away land. Home, so you'd said rush. Yeah. Yeah. So you would settle there and build towns is what they wanted. Mm-hmm. So, you're leading up to that, and I'm like, oh, now they have to be going to Oklahoma. The Oklahoma part is literally the last ten minutes of the movie. The rest of the yep. two hours is... Like, I like the scenes when he was boxing and stuff. I thought it was cool. Yeah. It's a, it's like an immigration movie. Yeah, right? but... So it's, it's about, like, how hard it was for Irish people to come over here and, and make a new world from themselves. Yeah, but, but it also feels like there's lots missing from it, even though it's really long. It yeah. seems like there's stuff missing from it. Um... <laughs> like then, a plot yeah and then at the end he he dies and they have this crane uh, sorry spoilers spoilers <laughs> <laughs> they have this crane like going away and then it cuts to nicole kim and saying no i can't do this by myself and then it comes back like it's his soul like his soul left and then his soul came back to him yep and as i said whoa that's really weird and tonally not what this movie is about but mm-hmm. it looks nice and the blu-ray yeah. actually looks really nice I, it was interesting when I got done watching it. There's only one special feature on the Blu-ray, which is the theatrical trailer. And I said, "Man, how did they sell this movie?" And when I watched the trailer, I said, mm, "Yep, still don't like it." Um, Boz Lerman's Australia is a better version of that movie. Really? Also starring Nicole Kidman. Yes, but but like just t- like the tones and the themes are, seem very similar to me, you know. Um, but I like that movie better. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't know when I'll watch it again, but I think I will. I just don't know when. Because um, I just like Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. But it, it really didn't do anything for me. Yeah. Um, I, I thought it was just about him boxing. I really did. <laughs> I, I, watched it in, uh, I watched it in high school for a class. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, in school, it's always like, oh, cool, we're going to watch a movie for like two days or whatever. And I think for that one, it ended up being like three days of class because it's so long. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go back to studying things because I remember <laughs> the movie just being pretty boring. You should, you should have uh, tattooed on his knuckles, like far on one hand and away on the other. <laughs> that would have been sweet. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, and then I watched probably the worst Tom Cruise movie I've seen, and it's called Losing It, which is this 80s co- sex comedy that i was been trying to find forever. Actually, that's why I went to Second Spin. So I was hoping they would have Losing It. They had Taps, but they didn't have Losing It. And I did the thing on Amazon, and actually I found it for six bucks when it was paired with another movie. And 
in it, Tom Cruise and Jackie Earl Haley. Jackie Early Haley play virgins who go down to Tijuana to lose their virginity. And it starts off with a sweet theme song going, losing it, abusing it. It's horrible. <laughs> and it's funny because now they build that movie as a Tom Cruise movie because of who Tom Cruise is. Right. It's not really a Tom Cruise movie. He's maybe the second lead in it, like a co-lead. And he, so Jackie Earl Haley tries to be this really funny dopey guy in it. It just comes across as irritating. Uh, there's some funny moments in it, but it's not enough. Cause sometimes I forgive eighties sex comedies cause they're just stupid. But where the bachelor bachelor party is funny with Tom Hanks. This one is. Yeah. Yeah. And it pissed me off too. I, I got the DVD and on the sticker it says losing it widescreen. It's fucking full frame. Ew. That, that pissed happens. me off. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure they didn't care about the movie because anybody else hear about losing it? I think it made like $2 million. And it has like a label on the one side, right? Uh, no, it's actually separate DVDs. It's uh, it's paired with The Last American Virgin. I, I don't know. Oh, so it's a two-pack or something? Yeah. Because oh, okay. it's, t- it's a totally awesome 80s collection. I was going to say, did you flip it over because maybe the white screen's on the other <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> So I'm looking at pictures. Jackie Earl Haley still looks like he's a 40-year-old guy. I know. He looks weird. <laughs> oh, and man. And it's funny because everyone talks about how short Tom Cruise is. And ja- Jackie, Jackie Earl Haley, Haley is significantly is shorter. like up to Tom Cruise's shoulders in uh-huh. this. Yeah. Uh, there's a guy from, uh, who's the Iceman's wingman in Top Gun? He's in it. Oh. I forget his name in it. Uh, Shoot. But he's in it. Um, Shelley Long is the professor that Tom Cruise sleeps with instead of the Tijuana hooker. Oh, the Tijuana whore. I'm sorry. And they're also credited in the uh, credits as whores. I <laughs> know <laughs> oh. there's some funny parts and it's just, it's just not a well-made movie. And it's actually directed by a Oscar winner. Uh, who's the director? Can you look that uh, up? Curtis Hansen. Curtis Hansen is the director of what Losing would, What did he win wow. an Oscar for? Um, I don't know. Was Eight it Mile. Oh, Eight Mile. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So you never know where your career is going to start. No, 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 no. Holy guy? shit. L.A. Confidential. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Losing it from the director of L.A. Confidential. Wow. Yeah. And they, they have really cool, like, 50s and 60s music in it, though. There's, there's that. And, yeah. Mm. You found a good one. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, my Tom Cruise this week was uneventful. Huh. It's hard. I have to find time to watch The Last Samurai. It's hard. It's like three hours and 20 minutes long. That's a good movie. It is a great movie, but I haven't seen it in a long time, and it's hard when you have a kid. He doesn't uh, care about that shit. Can't sit for three hours. Hmm. It's <laughs> written It's written by uh, Bill Norton, Bill L. Norton, who also wrote an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer called Two to Go, hmm. which I don't remember. But Yeah, it's it. I mean, it's, I've seen worse things. Again, it's not like it's a horrible movie, but it's not one of Tom Cruise's shining moments. Right. Right. Anyways, what'd you guys watch? Uh, I just watched a couple of things. Um, I started back around Christmas, actually, for the last few years. Every time I get together with my, my aunts and uncles and cousins, one of my cousins will always say, like, are you watching Boardwalk Empire? And I'm like, no, because I don't like Martin Scorsese. And they're <laughs> like, well, no, it's got nothing to do with that. Like, you should watch Boardwalk Empire. So I was at uh, Second Sp- or not Second Spin, um, uh, Trademark, and they had a copy used. So I got it for like 
you know, 10 bucks or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I picked it for the first season and I started watching, let's see, I'm about a, well, no, cause it's a, you know, they're a shorter season. So I'm about halfway through the first season and it's, it's good. Uh, so Border Empire is about basically gangsters who are running Atlantic City during Prohibition. So like the very first episode actually takes place as Prohibition is starting. And, um, oh shoot, uh, Steve Buscemi plays this He's guy. He's weird looking. He, Steve Buscemi is a weird-looking guy, uh, and he plays this guy who is basically running alcohol into Atlantic City, um, and he's got you know all of these people around town who are in his pocket, and yeah, it's it's all of those gangster things that you've seen before. Um, but I think what actually, and and that's a lot of stuff that usually doesn't do much for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but what kind of wins me over in this case is that the. Uh, it's all, all of the little things. So there's there's a character who just came back from World War One, and he's trying to get back into Steve Buscemi's gang, gang sort of. Um, and just him telling the stories about what that war was like and those, those like, other things about what was going on at that time in American history, those are the things that actually pull me in. Um, they do a good job at, at really making the world feel like it's more than just gangsters you know so unlike goodfellas which is just about gangsters this has other themes and other ideas weaving through it about what was going on in america at that time that and that's the stuff that i really sort of cling on to um there's a lot of you know issues about women's rights and those kinds of things going on and and conversations about whether they should have the vote and where where they play into this sort of modern america um and so that's what's (laughs) <laughs> that's the part that I actually really enjoy. Uh, so I, I totally think it's worth checking out if if you haven't watched it, um, especially if you were somebody like me who's like, eh, I don't think Martin Scorsese is for me. Like, he sets the tone in the first episode, but then after that, it's it's a total, like, non-Scorsese feeling kind of thing. Um, and he's not, because he's not really writing it, it's his char- the characters in this don't feel to me like Martin Scorsese characters. So... Um, I'm really into it. I think I think it's good, and I'll, I'll probably continue to watch it and pick up the next couple of seasons when I can. So, cool. uh, and then the other thing is that I a couple of weeks ago got the sort of tin case edition. It's not a steel book edition. It's just a Blu-ray case in a tin. Metal of, pack. What? Metal pack. Uh, yeah, it's like a well, but it's 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 actually just in a in a tin. Oh. So it's a normal Blu-ray. In a, inside of a tin box. Like a cookie tin. Yeah, sort yeah. of. Only it's only big enough for a Blu-ray. It looks really awkward on my shelf. Like, it's it's really frustrating. Because I bought it on Amazon. I just thought... I saw the cover, and I was like, oh, cool. It's like a metal case of, of the Mad Max trilogy. And, oh, that um, one. Yeah, and then I it came, and I was like, what the shit? Like, <laughs> this, because it's in a tin, the when it's on its side, and this, you know, the spine has nothing on it. The spine is just the side of a tin. That's not th- thick enough for the name of the movie. Like it's it's awkward. I I might get frustrated enough with it that I throw the tin away, <laughs> which seems weird. But um, anyway, so this week I watched through all of the Mad Max movies. Uh, so because I want to get prepped for the new one, right? <laughs> I watched the first Mad Max with my dad this today. Oh yeah, I totally forgot that. Yeah. Oh cool. <laughs> so um, all right, well then I will go through them in order. Mad Max one is. As slow and boring as I remember, <laughs> but those action scenes are pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, especially near the end, Weird like tone. 
Oh, very much so. Yeah. Um, you know, the basically Mad Max one, what's, what's kind of cool about Mad Max one is that it doesn't, it's not a post-apocalyptic movie. It's like a during apocalyptic movie, right? Like the Mad Max apocalypse is, it's hard to put your finger on. Um, but in that one, it just feels like people are getting shittier. Like there's not like a thing that happened. There's not a huge war at that point. By the time you get to Thunderdome, they're talking about like, oh, the, all the nukes went off or whatever. Like something happened, but whatever. We'll talk about the Beyond Thunderdome in a while. Um, but with Mad Max, it just seems like people are shitty and that on this highway out in the middle of nowhere, there are crazy fuckers who are like basically like motorcycle gangs who were just getting really rambunctious <laughs> i will say that my dad was couldn't stop laughing when the dude was running across the field and his butt was all red because he got raped my dad thought it was the funniest thing he ever saw <laughs> he's like look at that dude's ass it's all red i forgot about this part <laughs> he's just yeah. laughing um and it's yeah totally it is weird because there's like yeah people getting raped and like just random violence and and um, spoilers, Mad Max's wife and kid get killed, uh, and then it basically turns into a revenge film. What was cool was watching the uh, the special features that are on the Blu-ray after. There's this, like, I'd say 30-minute little featurette on there um, that it's totally biased. Like, all the guys that are being interviewed are clearly saying the most bombastic positive things about Mad Max they can so that they'll get it in the video. Um, so they're talking about, like, oh, you know, Mad Max blew me away, and whatever. Like, Oh, you know, at one point there was a guy who was like, "It's wall to wall action. It's just nonstop." I'm like, "Are you fucking? What movie did you see? Because <laughs> yeah, there's like two downtime. action scenes in it, and there's a lot of downtime. But between- you know, there's a scene where Mad Max sits with his wife on the beach and they talk. Mm-hmm. That is not a wall to wall action movie. Sorry, <laughs> um, but it's cool. Like uh, when you hear about the way that George Miller and and team made that movie, and that basically it was like, you know he called up his friends and said, let's go into the desert and shoot some crazy shit and we don't have any money, but we'll just blow up some cars and mount cameras on stuff and it's just going to be really rugged and kinetic. Um, and then to realize like what an impact that sort of had on a lot of action movies. You know, the idea of mounting that camera on the car and then just having a stunt guy drive it into shit and flip the cars and like do this cool stuff. It's a, it's a badass <laughs> that movie. That cop who's was driving the motorcycle and it flipped over and then he was mm-hmm. in the car. Yeah. My dad was like, he's having a bad day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and when you think about the fact that they didn't have really a team, the, you know, it's, there's not like a, a huge special effects team there. So when you see stuff like the guy flying, you know, 20 feet after he gets thrown off of his car and stuff like that, you're like, holy shit. Like that was a stunt guy who yeah. did that. Um, it's a, it's a pretty ballsy movie. Um, but completely outshadowed by how cool the road warrior is. Um, it's crazy and silly and there's dudes in assless chaps and like, it's very eighties. Um, but the road warrior is awesome. Uh, that movie, or actually I guess it's, it's late seventies or because it's no, like, I think road warrior is eighties. Was yeah. it straight? Cause Cause I, think, I think it's 82. Yeah. Cause or I think no, it might Mad be Max is 79, isn't it? Yeah. It's right around there. Um, but anyway, but it's funny because uh, when me and, when I was over at my dad's today, he said, "Oh, we should watch Mad Max." And he's talking about the tanker. He says, "Oh yeah." And then we remembered, "Oh wait, it's the second one." Right. So <laughs> that tanker scene is uh, all of the buildup and what they do with the road with with Mad Max and the Road Warrior is pretty cool. Like they turn him into that more traditional Western 
hero where he's just he just wanders into town and helps save some people um which is always a cool character it's got its weird quirky george miller stuff in there like the you know the the feral kid and that kind of stuff it's just it's just weird um but the you know the lord humongous is is still pretty badass uh even now like uh, you listen to him talk he's like you know, if you just leave, leave the gas, and I will not kill you. You know, he just, I don't know. He still seems kind of cool. Um, but there's there's starting to be some weird shit eking into the movie. But it doesn't matter because the tanker scene is so fucking cool. Like, just awesome. Like, it's it's one of those movies I wish I had seen when I was even younger. Because um, it's just so imaginative and, like... It's a post-apocalyptic movie. Like it's what you always want. It's the reason I get excited about movies like that because I want just crazy shit and like cars with spikes on it. And it's why <laughs> it's why I'm so excited about the new one because the the action in it looks like, hey, what if we made a movie only the whole movie was the tanker scene? I'm like, okay, that sounds great because that's all I want. Um, that's a cool and the way they make Mad Max into like this legend where that movie is being told basically by the feral kid and it's not even really about max. Like he does stuff and he's a cool hero, but he's not, he doesn't have like an arc necessarily Mm -hmm. in the movie. Um, so I I think it's cool. Uh, and that action scene, I should probably make a list of uh, some of my favorites, but it, it's gotta be up there. Um, cause it's just very cool and imaginative and tight. Uh, and not not even that. Hey, it's like thirteen minutes, you know, which, by comparison to modern action movies, is not that long, you know. Um, but it was still pretty impressive. Oh yeah. Uh, and then this morning I watched Beyond Thunderdome, and what I don't have got to do. <laughs> to be fair, I don't actually know that I've seen Beyond Thunderdome before. I know I've seen it, but I don't know that I've ever mm-hmm. not seen it on TV. Does that make sense? So oh, like, yeah. it may be that every time I've seen it, it has been cut up. So. Um, Beyond Thunderdome is frustrating. Uh, it's like it's like if you took Mad Max and and Hook and smashed them together, <laughs> and you didn't take the good parts of Hook, uh, or, or like you didn't make it tonally match up, right? So it's still Mad Max, and he's like wandering the earth, uh, and he looks cooler now because he's got like a streak of gray in his hair. Yeah, time stress from fighting all yeah. the bad guys well he's just he's been out in the apocalypse for a long time now <laughs> and you know he's he's just he's surviving towing his truck with some camels <laughs> and the gyro captain has a oh kid now gosh. and blows up his or and steals his his camels and so he ends up at at uh barter town and tina turner's there and uh and the world the world gets wackier the world gets a lot more sort of fantastic and silly, um, which that part is unfortunate because it's it's sort of detrimental. The idea of Barter Town is cool. Like, you know, you've gotten so far into the apocalypse that now you have people sort of trying to rebuild, um, and the way that they're doing it is very, uh, like, the way that they're trying to create a civilization is is rugged and rough and has these weird rules and. You have stuff like the Thunderdome, where two men enter and one man leaves. There's so many lines in this movie that are just fucking badass, like memorable things that that maybe just because I hung out with my brother my whole life, like I remember it's dying time, and I think, oh, that's fucking cool. Like, and just that shot of him saying, you know, ladies and gentlemen, it's dying time here. 
they're uh, you know dying times here like it's it's cool uh but there's a lot of downtime again there's mad max gets uh a, he breaks the rules of thunderdome because he doesn't want to kill blaster uh and master's just a weird character like I, I, they, he doesn't they don't totally set up real well why we're trying to save master like i understand why but i don't really care about saving master and then i feel bad about blaster i'm like okay yeah i don't want to kill blaster and so he gets kicked out of town and then he goes and finds the wild children who are living out in a cave by the river and convinces them all and there's like this it reminds me a lot of uh of what is it what's the second planet of the apes movie um beneath yeah i think i think it's beneath like just just when they go and the these kids are all telling the story of like what the earth was like before the apocalypse and and that's the point where they start talking like there were missiles going off and like there was this great war that really killed everything which wasn't the way that i took it in in road warrior like in road warrior it felt more like economies crashed because we ran out of gasoline and it was just harder to really survive um and then by the time you get to to thunderdome like the world is just not as well defined um and there's yeah it's you're out there with those kids forever and then the kids come the back movie. and it, the kids come back and they like they have these hook style hijinks where they they basically kidnap master again and get him out of there and then they have another action scene on the road but it's not as good um and that's the end so each time i tried to watch it i fell asleep yeah <laughs> yeah uh, Tina Turner's weird. I don't understand that character. <laughs> she has her own. She wrote a song for Beyond Thunderdome. I'm sure she did. Yeah, yeah it's in, it runs song. in the credit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't need a hero. We just need to go beyond Thunderdome. And you're like, what the fuck? No, we I don't. Guess I should have beat her a little harder before that movie. Uh, oh, oh, dude. Fuck that was all, no, no, not okay. Uh, anyway, so still. Even even as like the the idea here was I wanted to rewatch them because I wanted to decide whether or not my mom should watch them before the new one. Mm-hmm. Even though she watches the new trailer and she's like, I don't want to see that. And I was like, Fuck. <laughs> well, you're gonna. Yeah, sorry. Uh, sorry, mom. You're gonna watch this movie and you're gonna like it. <laughs> um, but out of all of it, you, I think that the way to watch Mad Max is the way that most Americans watch it, which is watch the Road Warrior. And then maybe don't watch any of the other Mad Max movies. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, the Road Warrior is awesome. So, anyway, that's what I saw. Brad? I have only been watching Voyager. So Tell me about it. Where are you in Voyager? Um, I did see that episode you were talking about last time I was on where... Rachel explodes and gives up all her power? What? Oh, no, the uh, the one where they go over... They become salamanders? Head. Yeah, where they become salamanders. That's the... Uh, decanonized the one, right? only episode of star trek decanonized yeah yeah i didn't think it was like worthy of that like it wasn't a great episode but it didn't seem like compared to everything else i've been seeing it didn't seem that much different from well the reason it's decanonized is because it sets um it creates a rule in the star trek universe that basically if you go over warp 10 you turn into salamanders that fans hate so much that they undid but I think there was something else going on. Why would you that. turn into a salamander? Dude, I, I fucking don't know. I don't know. What I, what happens in that I'm in, episode? I'm in season six now, so I forgot a lot of... Okay. A lot of the episodes are forgettable. So. Yes. But I think there was some other variable that added to Warp 10 that caused that to happen. Yeah. So I don't know why they just... Because just Who's in a writer's room and says they hit Warp 10? 
salamanders. <laughs> I would have raised yeah. my hand and be like, dude, no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there is like in the, in the Star Trek universe, there there's this science behind why you can't break warp 10. So that's the other thing is that like the, the idea that um, still, why face? are they not in a writer's room going, dude, no, <laughs> you do not turn into a salamander. We do not break warp 10 for this reason. Because, See because what happens when you break warp 10, you have shitty ideas like that. You're fired, Fred. Because not every episode of Star Trek Voyager was gold. That's why. Um, so at some point their standards were low enough that they were like, all right, you know, we, we need 24 episodes this season We'll do the fucking salamander. You've been pitching this. The guy had probably been pitching it since the first season. Like, hey, guys, this year, fucking salamanders. I'm telling you guys, it's going to be pretty sweet. I'm telling you. And five seasons in, they were finally like, God damn it, fine. Yeah, it like, does seem like there's a lot of episodes that are like repackaged next-gen episodes. Yeah. Like with a different angle on it. And then um, It's like it's either that or another episode where Seven of Nine gets pregnant with another Borg baby or like impregnates <laughs> the ship with a Borg baby uh, or... It's interesting you say that because I have not seen any of those episodes. So oh, really? What talking about, <laughs> but uh, I will say that once seven and nine does come on th- the show, like got a whole lot sexy. Well, not just better. that, but like the stories like do get, and then Kess leaves because right because Kess is the worst. A lot of the first three seasons were like Kess episodes, uh-huh. like and hers is the biggest cop out because she can just like read the minds of everything, and then it has Superman powers. Uh huh. Um. So she takes off, and then um, I was gonna say yeah, like. Uh, the doctor's awesome. Like, uh, have you seen the Year of Hell? Or yeah, yeah, that was a cool one. I remember that being cool. Yeah. Um, the thing is, uh, the other thing too that's annoying is a lot of the episodes. Oh, what is it? It's like every race they come in contact with. Like, they say, "Hey, we're Voyager. We're just passing through," and like, the, instantly, no trust. Like, no one wants to be friends with Voyager at all. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like in Next Gen, you go to like hey here's a uh population of just like hey we just hang out and stuff we don't have like commerce and things true but um, the delta quadrant is also like chock full is, like, of dangerous shit but there's no variety so like uh, the delta quadrant is like just paranoid angry aliens everywhere true. you go true there's a lot of borg there's a lot of like those 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 like Kazon or the idiot Neanderthals. Oh yeah, the Kazon. Um, uh, there's the the guys. Have you seen the episode where they're where they're in World War Two? And yeah, that was those, a cool episode. Yeah. Um, but those. What are those guys called? Who always have like the blue guns, and they're supposed to be like super warriors. Um, but those guys are all over the place. Mm. They call them like hunters or something like that. I can't remember. Yeah. Damn it. What were they? Anyway. Um, um, there's the Vidians who are like basically zombies like they their flesh keeps falling off oh yes yeah uh they're not zombies that's not they're yeah at some point they harvest people at some point to become a zombie you must die and be come back to yeah life. i'm sorry as a word thank you it was just a visual comparison yeah. <laughs> at some point seven of nine is going to impregnate the, the star trek voyager with uh, like a super borg like thing it's gonna be like living in the inside of the warp drive or something weird i can't remember it's going it's going to happen. Yeah. It's, it's but um the interesting like, cuz I always grew, grew up thinking like oh cuz I didn't I stopped watching Voyager shortly before like probably in the first season mm. and then just going to cons like oh they had 709 just cuz they need like sex appeal on the show. But her character is actually like even as an actress yeah. like she has episodes where I feel like, feel like they just wrote them because she was like I'm tired of doing the dry like 
no emotion character can you like make me like the one where she acts like a little girl and then mm-hmm. like the multiple per- per- personalities thing right it's interesting to see her range and i feel like the the introduction of 709 is also makes janeway a lot more interesting like because their relationship is kind of cool mm-hmm. um the way that the way that janeway like tries to nurture her back into being a human um is maybe the most interesting thing that happens in that show mm-hmm. um like in a on a grand scale thing so um uh, but unfortunately with kes gone like neelix kind of takes a back seat yeah because i think since season four he basically hasn't had much of anything to do yeah he sort of turns into your you know comedic relief which is probably all he it's all i ever really wanted out of him i never i don't yeah. think i really ever cared about neelix that episode where he gets mel- melded with a or mushed together with a tuvok to create tuvix that was fucked up because <laughs> basically then Janeway's just like, yeah, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. Yeah. Like there's a like transport. They, they accidentally, they, they, does the transporter create a third person? No, it mashes them together into it, one person who doesn't remember being Tuvok or Neelix. Okay. And so it's a completely new being called Tuvix. And at one point, so they're like, okay, we're going to spend some time to try and figure out how to separate you back in the original people. Sure. But since Tuvix is a new being, he doesn't want to be separated. Right. He's like, you know, I have rights too as a being my own person. You can't just decide to split me in half. Like, I want to live. And so they wrestle with it. And at the end of the episode, Janeway just says like, yeah, separate him. Oh. It's a tough decision, but I want my other people back at Tuvix resists and it's like a really heartbreaking like holy shit because <laughs> at first he like physically resists and then they like restrain him and then he goes into the um sick bay and pleads his case a little bit more and then just kind of like janeway the doctor won't do it because he's like his motto is do no harm so right. janeway just herself takes the the gun or whatever and injects him and That's they split hardcore. up and this is like unsettling that <laughs> the episode just ends with her walking out of the sick bay just like almost not remorseful like you know she like regrets it but that's awesome it's just like that character too so, just gets murdered <laughs> between between a repu- replicator and a teleporter couldn't they just clone people left and right uh i've stopped paying attention to the science of okay star trek i, I just feel Voyager. like i feel like there's episodes oh just so thank you so there's episodes with q Yes. Who can do anything, including just sending them home. And in the first episode, I was like, okay, well, Janeway doesn't win the, win the bet, so I guess Q doesn't have to send them back to Earth, mm-hmm. which is still like, I don't, I don't feel feel like Q is that petty. It's not petty. He doesn't care. Like, yeah, or even doesn't care. Like, he obviously has likes Picard and humans, even though he messes around with them. I feel mm. like he would still say, okay, I'll send you home. But then I was like, okay, well, she lost the bet, so maybe he's just like really strict about his bets. Mm-hmm. And then there's another episode where Q comes back, and they don't address sending them home at all. Mm. Like, that's the easiest solution to this whole series. Yeah, well, it's just they, convince him to do it. They even have those episodes. Like, have you seen the episode with R, the Q who wants to kill himself? I don't think so. Oh, okay, at some point there's a Q who wants to kill himself, and there's like a whole sort of trial where. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, where, where like regular Q is like, no, you can't do this. That's not okay. Um, and so there's some cool. I stories think that is in the there, first but... one. Oh okay. Yeah. Oh okay. Um, 
There's yeah. some cool Q, Q stories in there, but they feel like they're just in there because somebody wrote a cool Q story, and that was the only Star Trek show they could tell it on. Um, well, in Next Gen, they were saying um, a lot of the stories came from write-ins. Like, mm-hmm. they submitted to yeah. write, like, hey, fanfic people, just send us your episodes, and then you'd repurpose them. Was it Marty Noxon? I think Marty Noxon, that's how she got into it. Um, yeah. So know, I'm wrote, sure. Wrote for Buffy. Or, uh, Shoot, or who's the woman who wrote for Buffy? She did. And for and she did wrote Fright Night too. Yeah, it's either her or it's one of the people who wrote for Lost, um, who got started just writing and and writing in Star Trek Next Gen episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was Marty Noxon. But, uh, but yeah, I'm on season six and cool. One of the weirdest ones is the Ed Begley, where he's the guy from the past who gets the future technology, and then Sarah Silverman is just like. A computer oh, nerd. Where they like go to Santa Fe, San Francisco? I think it's just L.A. Oh yeah, but they go to they go to Earth in the past somehow. Yeah. So like watch, walking on the beach in like the nineties in the nineties. Yeah, and Sarah Silverman's there. That was a weird one. Yeah. Why? Did, how do they get to Earth in the past? Um, a 29th century guy, Captain Braxton, I think. Oh okay. Um, tries to destroy Voyager. Because Voyager does something that sends technology to Ed Begley Jr. guy in the past. Yeah. Some encounter. I don't know. When did, there's so many time travel stories. When oh do they God. find Amelia Earhart? Is that in season one? Or is that early in I the show? I think it's season two. Like the season two premiere. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that one being weird. But anyway. Anyway. That's I like what I that watched. show. Yeah. It's, it's not... It's not great, but it, like I said, there's a lot of time travel episodes. Yes. Even after like Next Gen, they were saying like we need to stop doing time travel <laughs> episodes. Like <laughs> I think every other episode in Voyager is a time travel yeah. scenario. Yeah. Cool. Ryan's bored. Uh, I've seen the movies. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting there. One of these days, we'll, we'll get to a place where Ryan's like. So I'm, I'm in season three of Next Generation. I will never watch the shows. Oh, my God. <laughs> never. Next, Next Generation's good. Yeah, Next Gen's good. Mm-hmm. Which, what, which, which, which one has The Rock in it? Is that Deep Space Nine? It's Voyager. Voyager? Yeah. Wait. Would you watch Dwayne Johnson's and mm-hmm. Yeah, you haven't seen and that one? And he wrestles people. No, well, he, f- he fights Seven of Nine in, in the fucking Thunderdome. I'm not kidding. Mm-hmm. I watched that. I, I watched it. No, you, you, you go ahead. It must be a season seven episode. Oh, maybe. You know what? I think so because I kind of remember it being kind of near the end. Toward the end, yeah. Yeah, no. The the Rock fights seven of nine in the Thunderdome. I watched it because the Rock was on it, and I had no idea what was happening. He gave her a rock bottom though. What's a rock bottom? That's his finishing move in wrestling. Okay, what is he it? does it in the uh, Furious Seven trailer too? Okay. Doesn't Jason Statham? He puts like he picks up a dude on his side and slams him into the ground. Oh, okay. Yeah, bro. On, onto their bottom? Uh, onto their back. And then, then when when he stands up over them, he's just like, you just got rock bottom. Your bottom hurts now. Yes, that's exactly that what, what he happens. Says? That's pretty good. This week, we went and saw Kingsman, the Secret Service. James, should people go see Kingsman? Um, huh. No. <sighs> This is a tough one. This movie is tonally kind of weird, but I was entertained the whole time, and I think there's some crazy-ass shit in here you should see. It is a very rated R movie that is a lot more violent than I was expecting, especially based on the trailer. 
Um, so what I will say is, if you like Kick-Ass and you like Matthew Vaughn, you should check this out. But this is not the family crazy action movie that you think it is. So, maybe. I think you should see it. I think it's pretty awesome. Yeah? I thought the action scenes were sweet. Um, Colin Firth is badass in it. Yes. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed this movie. And it's I was thinking I'm trying to think the last time I enjoyed a February movie this much. It's not it's not that I didn't enjoy it. I just don't know if it's for everyone. Prude. Here's a trailer for Kingsman. We are an independent international intelligence agency operating at the highest level of discretion. That was the headline the day after I defused a dirty bomb in Paris. Front page news on all these occasions was nonsense. It's the nature of Kingsman that our achievements remain secret. How deep does this fucking thing go? Deep enough. Being a Kingsman has nothing to do with the circumstances of one's birth. If you're prepared to adapt and learn, you can transform. That is sick. Oh, yes. Very, very nice. I'm offering you the opportunity to become a Kingsman. Interested? You think I've got anything to lose? Oh, there's a lot to lose. I guarantee it. Valentine's a threat which affects us all. Mankind is a virus. Mass genocide? I like it. You are completely crazy. I look like I give a fuck. Assemble the Kingsman. What is this to electrocute you? Don't be ridiculous. It's a hand grenade. Shut up. You blew up his head. It's a bit much, innit? Begin countdown. Five, four, three, two, one. Party! The world is going to shit. Sorry about that. Needed to let off a little steam. Is that lightning? Uh uh. This is mine. If I save the world, will you give me a kiss? I'll give you more than just a kiss. I'll be right back. I think there's a Red Band trailer where Samuel Jackson is cussing. <laughs> is he cussing with a lisp? Probably. It's awesome. And, and Kingsman Weird. is, I mean, the trailer pretty much sets it up. There's a secret service that's a secret, more secret than MI6. Well, because it's not tied to any government. Yeah, and they basically help save the world. Mm-hmm. And they're these badass agent guys named after the Knights of the Round Table. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they all want to be gentlemen, so they're yep. not like... They're not like your traditional spies. They're very... Well, actually, they are like your traditional spies, but like, you know, 60s yeah. James Bond. Yeah, it's... Like, it's fun. dudes have... who, wear, who use canes and, you know... You know, I, I thought of James Bond immediately when the villainess showed up and she had blades for legs. Right. So that's uh, like something out of... If it was an R-rated James Bond movie. Yeah. 
It's a well, I mean, it's very much like a comic book movie. Yeah, they do get split like directly in half by her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, um, he falls like in half. It's so it, it. It's weird because I feel like I feel like my Matthew Vaughn is a sort of dangerous director. What do you mean? Where what 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 I mean is that he's. He's kinetic and cool in the way that Guy Ritchie is, but I think he's hanging out with Mark Miller too much. Uh, this movie's produced by Mark Miller, and Mark Miller has some crazy-ass shit that comes out of his head sometimes that he thinks is cooler than it is, and that's what tonally, I think, rocks this movie. Really? Um, yes. I think it's actually cool that he... So there's this... These... Kingsmen are really awesome. Yes. And there's a part where... At the beginning has a kind of a cool thing where Mark Hamill's great in it. And huh? Oh, dude, Mark Hamill's awesome in this yeah. movie, yeah. I didn't know he could do a British accent so well. And <laughs> so anyways, the, it goes on, and uh, one of the Lancelot is murdered in the field, so they have to recruit new people. And so hmm? Colin first character, Galahad, uh, who's Harry in real life, finds this kid whose dad was killed on a mission earlier his dad had also been lancelot yeah and so he finds him and the kid's in a bad place but he's really resourceful and can do all this stuff and so he has a pint with him in this bar and eggy is his name eggsy eggsy is his name and his stepdad is some london thug and so he goes to he steals his their car whatever and he shows up anyways they're in this bar and there's a sweet moment where uh, Colin Firth's character says, you know the difference between uh, man and manners is? And he locks the doors to the bar. And then it's one continuous shot of him kicking the ass out of all of these thugs. And it's pretty sweet. And then it's amped up in this church action scene that's, I don't know, 15, <sighs> that, 15 minutes long. Yeah, that scene is awesome. Yeah, no, it's, it's- one of the most violent things I've seen in a long time. It's basically a slasher movie in that moment mixed with gunplay. Because it's, it's pretty long shots. Like He doesn't yeah. cut very often. Um, there's like a weird effect where he's, he's moving it. Uh, like he's, ran, he's sped up the film a little bit mm-hmm. or something like that. Or, or either that or he's doing ramps. I, can't, I yeah. can't quite remember. I think he's doing ramps. Um, well, he'll like zoom in to yeah. something tight and then he'll pull back out. So you can see what's going on, and he, you know, yeah, he's he's totally doing right because it'll he'll go into slow mo and then yeah. he'll speed it back up, and then he'll, anyway. But it's Colin Firth just killing everyone in a church, um, and they're you know they're from some hate church or whatever. But basically, the story at that point is that the villain spoilers, but the villain uh, Samuel L. Jackson has created this thing where he can he can make people in an area basically go insane and all just start killing each other. Um, and because Colin Firth is in there, he also just starts killing these people. But of course, he's better at killing people than everyone else there. So he just kills everyone in the church. And it goes, yeah, you're right. It's like a 10 minute, one long scene. And there, I mean, there's no cutaways. There's that part in that church where he throws that dude's head against the wall. And you literally see his like head snap back and he oh. slides down. And then he jams, you know, things up people's heads. And Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a lot of like really gruesome, even though he is so uh, smooth, it's mm-hmm. gruesome kills where like he'll, you know, there's one that I remember where he takes the gun apart, right? And yeah. then stabs the, like the one part of the gun, just stabs it into a guy's neck and into his skull. And the guy's like twitching and, and then a bunch of people just getting shot. And it's it's really violent. It is. Um, you know, I was surprised at the level of violence too, because the, the way the movie is sold is kind of this fun, 
oh, I'm recruiting this kid to be My mom really wanted to see it. (laughs) To be a secret secret agent, and it's not that at all. Because, I mean, it actually starts right away when they say, you know, motherfucker. Yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah, written or based based on something written by Mark Miller, so <laughs> they say fuck a lot. Um, yeah, it is. It's weird because it's like it's like Men in Black, and they sold it in the trailer like mm-hmm. Men in Black. So my mom was like, "Oh yeah, I want to see that." Um, and there is a lot of that because he's he goes through all these trials where they they teach him uh, or they're they're trying to test these I don't know what eight kids or whatever mm-hmm. uh, to see who's going to be the next Kingsman. Um, and some of those were really cool. Uh, like, like I thought the one where they jump out of the plane was a, 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 yeah. a neat idea um, and just made for a really cool scene, especially after he lands. Um, but they did seem a little bit, I don't know, it, it felt like it took a long time to really get things going, you know? Uh, like, Mad, uh, Men in Black does a good job of having that section of the movie be about 15 minutes, and then it's just, let's go fight aliens. Whereas here you still feel like he is learning to be a spy mm-hmm. until the very end of the movie. Um, like, that's the first time there's an action scene that's really, like, him that he's involved in. <laughs> the most decapitations in a movie ever. <laughs> yeah. So... so uh, I forgot to tell people, we spoil the shit out of the movies. So in this, they get this chip, and Samuel L. Jackson wants to control people. Mm-hmm. There's a secondary function of this chip that makes people... It's in people's sin- brains. Yeah, so it makes their head explode. Mm-hmm. And so... Mark Strong's character. I think this is the first movie I've seen where he's not a villain. <laughs> Anyways, he uh, right. he sets well, it. So first, hold on. So first, we see uh, Mark Hamill's head explode. Yeah. Um, and it's this gruesome scene where Colin Firth gets brain, like gray matter all over his face, and he's you know all disturbed, and he like some dudes come in to kill him, so he jumps out this window. Um, but it's a pretty gruesome section. So then at the end of the movie, yeah, Mark Mark Strong hacks into it, <laughs> and he sets off all these rich people's heads to explode at the same time. And it's it's not just rich people. It's like a whole bunch of world leaders, yeah. including like Barack Obama and a whole bunch of like everyone who works at the White House. See, this, I thought that was way more controversial than anything in the interview. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyways, people's heads are blowing up in this. Uh, Here it comes. The firework of. What's the music? It's like fanfare or something? Yeah, so there's fanfare playing, and literally, when their heads blow up, it's like fireworks. So it's not gruesome like Mark Hamill's. It's like they're different colors. (laughs) They're synchronized. So so there's shots like from above where like everybody sitting at a big round table, their heads will blow up, and the rockets will launch towards the camera and spin, and like they'll be different colors, and they'll (laughs) spark like fireworks. He's killing all of the world leaders because there's a lot of these like underhanded jabs at politicians and stuff through the whole movie, and then he just fucking blows all their heads up at the end, and he makes it like celebratory and yeah. crazy. It is crazy, and they, they set up this thing where Samuel L. Jackson can't stand violence, so he always has people. Oh, that was good. Uh, kill for him and stuff, and yeah. they need to clean up, and he never wants to be there. Yeah, he never wants to be there. I mean, and I don't. I won't spoil something that he does in the movie because it's really, really big spoilers. Oh, it's a good scene though. It is. It is a really good scene. Yeah. Um, <sighs> no, fuck it. We got to talk yeah, about okay. it. Okay. Cause it's really good. So, so after Colin Firth kills everybody in this church, he comes out and uh, they had this great scene earlier where they're talking about 60 spies movies and how Samuel Jackson says, I, 
I always wanted to be the spy. And Colin first says, I always wanted to be the bad guy. And so they're basically telling each other they know who they are. Mm-hmm. And so he comes out of the church and Samuel Jackson is there and he points a gun at his head and he says, you know, this is probably the moment in the spy movie where the villain gives you some elaborate way to die and you have some convoluted way of escaping, but this isn't that movie. So he just blows Colin Firth's head away. Mm-hmm. And Samuel Jackson's like, did I just kill that motherfucker? <laughs> yeah. No, he's like, holy shit, is he dead? <laughs> yeah. And she says, yeah, that usually happens when you shoot somebody in the face. <laughs> right. But then he's like, he like, you know, he has to keep himself from throwing up, and yeah. you're like, this is so weird. Like, that's what I'm talking about. Is that they'll go from, they'll have these wacky sections where, well, where mean, they're blowing up people's <laughs> heads in fireworks, and then in the next sequence, you know, he's he's got everybody in the world going crazy and killing each other, and there's this section where, um, Eggsy's mom has locked her daughter <laughs> in the bathroom. And hidden the key because the one spy called her and was like, hey, this crazy thing's going to happen. Like, take your daughter, put her in the bathroom, lock the door, and then throw away the key. And then she, the mom starts to go crazy because this guy's setting off this thing. And so she's like taking a knife and she's hacking at the door and trying to break down the door so she can kill her daughter. And then you're cutting back to like people's heads exploding and like this wacky shit going on and people <laughs> running around jumping on walls and you're like hold it. like that's what I'm talking about when tonally it just well, see, then there's jackknifes. Great, I brought that up because there's this moment that's funny that I was the only one in the theater who laughed uh, where Samuel Jackson gets stabbed yeah and he sees his own blood and it makes him throw up <laughs> and then he falls over and it's, dies. It's pretty great. It's it's pretty funny. Yeah and, uh, yeah I had fun. I think it was a no, cool movie. I did too. I I enjoyed it. Um, man, I just Mark Miller, man. I think everybody should see it. I'm going to take my mom to it. <laughs> I think my mom will really appreciate the part where uh, he's going to save the Swedish princess, and she says, "You save me, you can come have sex with my butt." Right. <laughs> it's sh- the movie ends with just a shot of that woman's ass. That's mm-hmm. the end of the movie. Like. That's how tonally just all over the place it is. Um, <laughs> well, it's great, though, because he says, i got to go save the world. And she says, when you save the world, you can come back and have sex with my butt or something like that. I mean, literally that blight, uh, blatant. And yeah. so he comes back and she says, you save the world. He says, I save the world. <laughs> Are you going to come in? And then here's what here's when I laughed was that she's she's locked up in this prison. And he he gets the door open, and when the door opens, there's like a red satin couch (laughs) with frill all over it, and she's like in a nightgown, and she's like sitting there, like yeah, it's one of those weird. There's a bunch of weird little jabs at James Bond movies throughout this one, Mm -hmm. this thing, and they're not necessarily the smartest jabs, but they're also not the wacky. You know, it's not Austin Powers wacky. but they're very obvious jokes about like that, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh, okay, now that he saved the world, this you know Swedish princess literally is there to have sex with him, however In the he butt. likes. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's insane, but it was fun. I think you should see it. Yeah, uh, next week I think is Hot Tub Time Machine too. Uh, unfortunately, I won't be here. So no, yeah, that's too bad. I'm gonna miss. Hot Tub Time Machine 2. All the cool people are seeing it. I mean, I, I enjoyed the first one. I think that's why I said all the cool people, me and Brad. Um, or the Duff. <laughs> is that next week? Yeah. After we talk so bad about the Duff, that could be the thing. 
It opens in as many theaters as Hot Tub Time Machine 2. That's a bad time for... This This year is not getting off to a real great start. I don't know. I really like Kingsman. I did, but that's one of two movies I've seen this year that I liked, I think. This is week this six. This Whiplash, yeah. Um, yeah. I've seen a lot of bad... We've seen oh, some yeah, bad yeah. movies it's, so far this it's year. It's been tough. And there's looking forward to the next month and a half. There's a there's a couple of weeks where I'm like I have no idea what we're saying that week. But then as soon as Avengers hits, it's like nothing but gold every week. Oh, I'd say probably around uh, Furious Seven. <laughs> yeah, no, you're not you're not entirely wrong. I mean, there, there's a scene in Furious Seven where Rock flexes his broken arm so hard it breaks the cast. It's pretty great. <laughs> it's pretty great. And then he or jumps the part in the- where. Vin Diesel drives a car across two buildings. Yep. Ah, that's awesome. And then there's this part where they make Vin Diesel really tall. That part's not as awesome. <laughs> like in Furious 6 where you're saying, whoa, he's trying really hard to make Vin Diesel look as big as The Rock. Yeah. Till next week. Bye. Bye. Good luck, Brad. Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can email us even, realnerds at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Hey, stream us on Stitcher. You want to call us? 720-6nerds5. And download us on iTunes. Just search Real Nerds. Thank you, Joe Kempter, for the wonderful voiceover. And also, Spark Mandrill, for the wonderful late-night jazz-smooth sounds of movies. You can find them on SoundCloud. This has been a Nebulous Visions production.